Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. You turn in your Bibles to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. And uh, while we're recognizing the... uh, the Advent season through the candles, and we're singing um, Christmas songs, Advent songs, as we prepare our hearts uh, at this time of year. Uh, I decided to just plug on ahead through John. Um, the last couple of years, we've had Advent-based sermons, and um, this year, I decided to do something a little bit different. We'll just see how that goes. Um, the last sermon that I preached before you, since Bradley preached last week, was on Jesus Jesus washing His disciples' feet. Jesus, it says that Jesus knew His hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. He, he showed His love to His disciples through washing their feet. This task that um, was a menial task that only the lowest of slaves would do, Jesus took a basin and a towel and he lowered himself and he washed his disciples' feet. And yet, one of those men that Jesus bent down and washed his feet had something diabolical going on. One of those men, it says that the devil had already put it into his heart to betray Jesus. At the time that Jesus washed his feet, he was already planning on betraying Jesus. Just imagine that. Jesus knew it. Jesus knew all things. He knew that Judas was going to betray him. And yet still, he bent down And he washed his feet. At the end of that passage, he tells his disciples he did this as an example so that they would do to each other as he had done to them. And he says, Truly, truly, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Then, this is where we pick up tonight. I am not speaking of you all. Of all of you. He says, I'm not speaking of all of you. What does he have in mind there? He's speaking about Judas. Judas, this one who would betray him. Judas, this one who he had bent down and washed his feet. He knew he was not speaking of him. Judas was not one who was going to go and do what Jesus had taught them. He's not one who was going to follow his example, but rather he was going to betray Jesus. Let's read our text. In verse 18, it begins, 
I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the Scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he, of, of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at the table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had taken the morsel, so, when, so he dipped the morsel and he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then, after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, What are you going to what you are going to do, do quickly. Now, no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the feast. Or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out and it was night. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear tonight. Lord, we pray that you would help us to see Christ in these pages. To see Christ as your word is proclaimed. Lord, that we would see his great love for us. Lord, that we would see the great agony he went through for us. Lord, that we would see how it was all a part of your plan. Father, I pray that you would be with me. Give me strength and give me grace as I preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Our passage begins, I'm not speaking of you all. I know whom I have chosen but the Scripture will be fulfilled. Who is he speaking about who he has chosen? Joe. Well, <laughs> Thanks, Josh. If we look back to John chapter 6, at the very end of the chapter, Jesus says to his, his disciples, Have I not chosen you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? And in that, he included Judas. He included Judas in that 12 that he chose. And yet he said, and yet one of you is a devil. Here, Jesus 
says, I know whom I have chosen. He knows all of them. He knew all of those 12 disciples. And he knew what was in each one of them's heart. And he knew what was in Judas's heart. And in spite of the fact that he knew each one that he had chosen, he chose, he handpicked Judas. In spite of that fact, it says, but the scripture must be fulfilled. Going on from there, he, Jesus quotes the scripture from the passage that Amy read from Psalm 41. It says, He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. Jesus had chosen these 12 disciples to be close to him, to be with him. He walked with them and taught them and did miracles with them for three years. And he knew all along what Judas was going to do. He was close to every one of them. He was even close to Judas. And I have no doubt in my mind that Jesus even loved Judas. He bent down and he washed Judas's feet. Judas was among the disciples when they went out two by two preaching and doing miracles and casting out demons. Judas was among the disciples whenever he saw Lazarus being raised from the dead. Judas had been along the whole time, and yet, though he gave the outward signs of being a believer, though he gave outward signs of being a disciple, of being a follower, and in very, I mean, he was a disciple. Jesus chose him to be a disciple, and yet, He betrayed Jesus. This is hard for us to comprehend. But I think it does a couple of things. One is, we should never be too confident about another person. We don't know their hearts. We don't know what's in them. Jesus did. But we don't know what's in another person's heart. Though they may give signs of being a godly person, though they may give uh, evidences, though they may be able to quote Scripture, though they may be able to, to argue theology, Judas would have been right there. He would have been able to do all of those things too. So that ought to teach us not to trust just anyone. In fact, Judas probably would have been orthodox. He probably would have had good theology. He had a great teacher. But along the same lines, not only should we always have just a healthy bit of caution when we listen even to good teachers, we should never be surprised when one falls. Even Jesus, who had 12 disciples, who he handpicked, had one who fell. Think of the different cases maybe that you've heard of in your lifetime where a pastor who was, had a good reputation 
left it all. Had an affair with his wife. Embezzled money. I, even just this week, there was a guy I went to college with who had been on staff at Houston First Baptist Church. And while it, when I logged on to Facebook this week, I saw him being led away in handcuffs because he had embezzled $800,000 over the course of six years. Should that shock us? Should that say? Should that make us think? Well, there's nothing to this Christianity thing. It's just a bunch of trying to get your money. No, that's the way it is. Even Jesus had his Judas. We ought not be surprised when those things happen. We ought to be careful. We ought to be watchful. We ought to, to try to have every kind of safeguard we can have to keep from those kinds of things. But it ought not shake our faith when we see that those kinds of things happen. It happened to Jesus. Then, one more of His disciples. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped ahead. Verse 21. After these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. So he said this before. It shouldn't be anything new to the disciples uh, like, like they haven't heard it before. Like I said, John chapter 6, Jesus had said at the very end of the chapter, I chose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil. He gave many different hints along the way that someone was going to betray him. And yet here, whenever Jesus says this again, whenever his heart is troubled and he says, truly one of you will betray me, the disciples looked at one another. They were looking around, wondering who it was. Maybe wondering, is it I? I think one of the other Gospels even leads, gives us that question. Is it I? They're wondering, who is this? Maybe as Jesus had given hints all along His ministry, they thought, well, maybe He'll be betrayed by some of those who were on the out, outer ring. Those who weren't one of the twelve, but those were, who were followers. Maybe they thought that it would be one of them, but no. Jesus tells them, it's one of you twelve. One of you twelve who I chose to be with me, to go cast out demons, to go preach the gospel. It's one of you, Jesus says. And so one of his disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, who was that? He doesn't identify himself, but this is the first reference to the one whom Jesus loved. And we see it throughout the rest of the Gospel. Traditionally, it's held that that's John's reference to himself. John, the one who wrote the Gospel of John. He, he wouldn't even use his name. He just said that one whom Jesus loved. And this wasn't probably to, to build him up as in, ah, Jesus loves me more than all the rest of them. No. It was probably more along the lines of, I can't believe He loves me. The one whom Jesus loved. And isn't that how we should all feel? I can't believe He loves me. I can't believe, after all that I've done, 
after all of my sin, Jesus still loves me. So this disciple that Jesus loved, he was reclining at the table at Jesus' side, leaning on him. In, the, in that kind of culture, they didn't sit at a table like we do whenever we have a meal. If you've seen the picture, the painting of the Last Supper, it's in, historically inaccurate. They would have been laying on the ground, reclining at table. And here, in, in the cultures like that, particularly uh, the Middle Eastern, um, in that it would be common, it would be normal for men to go walking hand in hand down the street. Close friends to do that. In our culture, we would think that's just weird. We, we wouldn't do that. But in those cultures, it's perfectly normal. I remember I went to India as a college student on a mission trip. And I, after preaching at a, a certain place, we were walking back to the bus and one of the young men that was there grabbed my hand as, and started walking with me, and it, it kind of weirded me out. <laughs> but that's perfectly normal in that culture. And so it would be perfectly normal that they would be staying, just relaxed, the disciple John just leaning up against Jesus, and Simon Peter motioned over to him and asked, Who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? Who's going to betray Jesus? And so John, the disciple, leaning back against Jesus, he said to him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus, probably not to all the disciples, he, he just said this to John privately, and he said, It is he who I give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. That could mean more than one thing. Jesus, we know from the story, Jesus physically put a piece of bread into the sauce that they had, dipped it, and gave it to Judas. But it could be more ambiguous than that, and probably because the disciples still didn't understand what was going on, <coughs> they probably took it in the more ambiguous sense. It could just be it's one of the people who I have close fellowship who I'm eating with. You know, one who, who is among this table who I'm handing bread to, just like he might be handing bread to all of them. But the text tells us here that next Jesus dipped the bread into the sauce or whatever it was <coughs> and handed it to Judas Iscariot. It says, after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered him. And Jesus said to him, what you're going to do, do quickly. <coughs> Jesus was troubled. He loved Judas. He had washed Judas's feet. He was at close table fellowship with Judas. And it's so painful, Jesus just tells him, what you're going to do, do it quickly. If it took a long time, if it was dragged out, you can imagine the more and more pain. But it's like that band-aid that's stuck on all your hair. 
You don't just rip it a little bit at a time because it's going to hurt more. <coughs> Excuse me. You just rip it off all at once. Get the pain over with. Jesus tells him what you're going to do, do quickly. So Judas, he takes the morsel and he goes... Nobody at the table knew why Jesus had said this to him. They didn't understand why Jesus had said, what you're going to do, do quickly. You'd think they would get it, but the disciples are often so slow. You would think, I'm going to give a piece of bread to the one who's going to betray me, and Jesus goes and does it, and still all the disciples are like, what's that all about? They're still slow. They still don't understand. And so, after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. And closes on that ominous phrase, and it was night. It was dark. There was a time earlier in the Gospel of John where Jesus had said, when it is day, we work, but night is coming. And I think of that whenever, Jesus, whenever the text tells us here, and it was night. The hour had come. It, the cross was about there. This was the beginning of Friday. Remember, the Jewish day begins at sundown. So, it was after dark. They were having a meal. To us, it would be Thursday night. And remember, the next day is when Jesus would go to the cross. The things that I think we should see from this text, first of all, there will be posers. There will be those who maybe even think that they're real. But over the course of time, we'll find out that they were false all along. And that ought not to surprise us. It ought not to shake our faith. Our faith is not in a person. Our faith, well, in a, in a human person other than Jesus. It isn't a person. But it's Jesus. Our faith is in a person. It is Jesus. But not a human leader. Not a pastor. Not a spiritual leader. No kind of guide other than Jesus. Also, we need to see how deeply Jesus loved even this one. It boggles our minds. It's hard to comprehend. But yet, even with Jesus knowing what Judas was going to do, He loved him to the end. Bent down and washed His feet. And so, we ought to serve one another. In spite of our suspicions about someone, and hopefully we don't have those, but we should continue to serve and to love. Jesus did so even for the one who He knew would betray Him. And finally, this all points 
to the cross. We are getting ready to see when Jesus would go to the cross, He would die in our place. He would suffer agony. He would suffer beating and scoffing. And He would do so for you and for me. In order to do that, He was betrayed by one of His closest friends. Jesus went through that knowingly. Knowingly went through being betrayed. If you knew somebody would betray you, you would think, I'm going to keep my distance from that person. But Jesus knew, and He still was close with Judas. And He suffered being betrayed. Have you ever been betrayed? It hurts. Someone broken your confidence? It hurts. And Jesus was betrayed by one of His closest friends. You can't be betrayed by somebody who's not your friend. Only a friend can betray a friend. This is, it comes from a song by Michael Card. Only a friend can betray a friend. That's why it hurts so much. Jesus suffered it all. The physical, tra- the physical pain, the abandonment by His Father, and even the abandonment by and betrayal by His friends. And He did it all so that the Scripture would be fulfilled and so that we might be saved in looking to Him. listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.